0: So when you have processes dialed in, it means that you can move on to the next phase or the next thing of your life or next property or, you know, next trip, next to anything. Because once yes. you outsource your decision making to a system and to a VA or both or one of them, um, it frees up a lot of time and energy to do other things.
1: Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome back three full listeners. I hope you're having a great week. Uh, We've got another great guest today. Derek Clifford is joining us. He is currently down in Austin, Texas, but he can be found anywhere in the world. Uh, It's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego with this guy. Um, I've become good friends with Derek. uh, So really excited to have him on. Uh, Derek's been on before, um, but uh, Derek, thanks so much for coming on again. Um, Really excited to have you. Thanks for having me back. It's
0: an honor to be back on. I love your show. It's great stuff, man.
1: Um, Just a little bit about Derek and then we'll, we'll jump into all this, but He's a successful single and multifamily real estate investor. He's an author of a great book and a podcaster himself. So he retired himself from his full-time corporate job back in September of 21. So congratulations, a little bit late on the the year anniversary of that, Derek. But today he controls 500 plus apartment units, over 60 million assets under management. His podcast is a great one. It's called Elevate Your Equity. Great show. It focuses on helping corporate married professionals find and create three degrees of freedom location, time, and financial freedom. I want to hit on all those. Um, he's the founder and CEO of Elevate Equity. He and his wife, Sophie, uh, they partner with individuals and companies to purchase, improve, and operate cash-flowing multifamily apartments, um, real estate mostly in the Midwest and South. Uh, he and his wife, Sophie, are now traveling the world while running their businesses and real estate portfolios, calling home wherever their current Airbnbs are booked. Uh, places they've traveled to in the last year include Canada, Portugal, England, Ireland, Greece, Iceland, Norway, and Italy. Wow, Derek, we're going to get into all that. Uh again, man. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Really excited to talk to you today.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me back on. Um what a difference a year or two brings, right? <laughs> I think yep, that's that's the last time that we spoke on the podcast and yeah. things have changed so much since then so I'm excited to share what we've been up to and and kind of reminisce on, um, you know, what how things have changed over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, oh, I can't wait to get into it. But so real quick, Derek, for the people that didn't listen to uh the last time I interviewed you, or, or haven't heard you on the uh, many episodes or many other podcasts that you've been on, just give us like a real quick uh, I'm sure you've done this a bunch of times before, you know, five minutes of how'd you get into real estate? Why'd you get into it? And then kind of how'd you get going just to get started? And then we'll, we'll kind of fast forward to today, but how'd you get started sure. in real estate?
0: Yeah, yeah, real quick. So I, you know, I have an engineering background. I'm a chemical engineer, which our mentor, uh, Andrew Cushman, also has mm-hmm. a chemical engineering degree. Um, haven't used it very much since uh, we graduated, but, um, I, I got disillusioned with the whole W-2 thing when I was working with a client in Washington State and I was saving them millions of dollars uh, by you know changing the the sizing on the pump and mm. you know just just basically uh, being more energy efficient I was saving them millions of dollars a year on this and when I w- went back to my uh to to my my engineering company and said hey I'd like a slice of that, you know, as a bonus or something, because I've saved your client money. And then, you know, your client, you can build a client for that much too, because it's just that's part of the way I thought capitalism works. Uh, And they basically (laughs) just laughed at me. And at that point forward, that's when I realized that like, I had to do something different. And at, at that time, I was using Dave Ramsey's method to try to save up money. Um, And really, we kind of stumbled into real estate investing because my wife had a condo that was underwater in Washington state. um, And she had to end up holding it a little bit longer. We had to rent it out. um, And it ended up becoming a huge, huge uh, boon for us later on, um, because it ended up we rented it out while we were gone, we got our first mailbox money. And it really inspired me to start looking into into real estate as a way to to create some income on the side, right, and and create some ownership so that any upside I provide to the marketplace, I receive that I don't let my W-2 employer determine what my net worth is.
1: There's a benefit to, ha- to being a W-2 worker. You know, it, 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 it's, it, it can be very steady and yeah. like there's just not a lot of stress. And, you know, frankly, like some you have some good weeks some bad weeks. And if you're not like, if you don't want to be super ambitious in your job, some people just want to be ambitious outside of work. They want to just, just you know, really focus on a family or, or they like coaching football or something. Like there's just something else that they're super ambitious about and they don't want to be that ambitious in their job. So they just want to kind of do a job and, and they want to let somebody else go, Find the sales and bring the business, and then I'll, I'll just do a job. But you were clearly a little bit different, where you have a lot of ambition for your job, where you wanted to go above and beyond and work extra hard and really work at it, bring it home, and and try to figure something out. And you did that, and then you don't get to see any benefit from it. And so that's exactly I just kind of want to point out because it's just a different type of person. I think you and I are, are both the, the the latter, you know, where we we're super passionate about our work and we want to go do something and, and work really hard at it and do extra and go above and beyond. But then like you want to naturally you want to be rewarded for that.
0: Yeah, it's 100% correctly. And it's not just the fact that like, you know, there was that one job that I should have been, you know, that I felt like it was fair for me to be and say yeah. a little bit extra just for doing that work, even if it was a little bit, right? To be recognized for that. Yeah. Um, but it's the it's the compound effect, right, Lee? Because you know, even if it happens one time, I mean, that's one thing, but I knew that this was gonna be a pattern. And if I sure. stayed in this path, I was gonna be doing this for like 50 years, right? And yep. that just doesn't work for me. Like I, I realized that I would get upset every single time that happened. And then I would start to get resentful. And then when you get resentful, you, you're not living at your optimal state. And so I recognize sure. that it's kind of this holistic yep. thing that affects your whole being, right? If you're not yeah. in alignment with what you're doing and what you want to do. And
1: what that does, I've been there, Derek. And what that does is like, you know what, I'm not going to try that hard. But like, you're not that kind of person. Yeah. You know, you're the kind of person that does. So you're yeah. sitting there like, well, I don't really want to try that yeah. hard, but like, that's not who I am. I, I do want to try that hard. But I but I want to be, you know, so it's, yep. yeah, it's a bad spot. You just got to you gotta get to somewhere that's where right. you- you do want to try real hard. So anyway, you, you stumbled into real estate. Tell us a little bit about like how you started seeing success and then, then you end up transitioning into multifamily from single families. Can you tell us a little bit about that real quick? Yeah.
0: I'll be pretty brief on this because you know, my, my single family story is more about a stepstone. stone. Um, it's about yep. discovery and building the vocabulary that I'm using every day right now as a real estate investor in multifamily, um, right. syndicating deals and putting JVs together. Right. Um, but uh, in the single family space, like I, uh, I started by going to a, a local RIA. Yeah. Um, I knew that real estate was for me because it worked with our condo in Washington State that we had by accident. So, you know, it, it made me wonder, man, if if we were doing this on accident, what would happen if we leaned into it and did this on purpose? On right? purpose. We started to learn from other people who, who were doing this thing out of the California Bay Area, uh, where they were putting HELOCs on their houses and then buying buying houses for cash in the Midwest and then they'd use the income from the houses in the Midwest plus their high salary to pay their HELOC down. And then they go out and buy the next one. It was like the HELOC pump is what they what they called we, it at the me- yeah. at the meeting, right? Because yep. you have a million dollar house, right? You can buy a hundred thousand dollar property. And back then that was a lot of money for a nice property in 2018 back in the Midwest. And so what you'd end up doing is buying all these houses, you have them cash flowing plus your high salary. And every time you buy another house, you're getting an extra income stream, right? Yep. And I thought that was awesome, but we didn't own any property. So what I thought was okay. Let's um, you know, let's just see what markets they go in. And and the very first market that the first person I talked to was Indianapolis, and the second person was Indianapolis. And so the momentum just went in that direction, and we started to look to buy single families. And um, when I realized Lee that I could buy a single family home for sixty thousand dollars, which was nearly with my income one paycheck, yeah, <laughs> with a down payment right? One paycheck at my job in the California Bay area. I was like, wow, I'm on to something here. And then I did the numbers and the math and it all worked out. And we built ourselves a little portfolio. And eventually we ran out of money and we ran out of loans because they only allow you to do 10 specific loans. And then you have to use like a blanket loan to, you know, a commercial, which wasn't as favorable to me. So I realized then that it was time to do multifamily. So while those properties were building equity, I, I, Jumped into multifamily, realized that I was running out of capital, doing some JVs here and there on multifamily space, and then ran into Vinny Chopra and then you know Andrew Cushman and really started to jump headfirst into syndication. And then you know at that point, I already have a single family portfolio. People were asking me questions at work. So I had a source of capital from all the people at work that were asking me these things. I wrote a book for them. Yep. Um, that took me about six months to a year to write a book. But I wrote the book, gave them the book that gave me even more credibility. Now I had capital. I had market knowledge and all I needed now was to hustle and find the deals. And so that's what I did. I went out there, found the deals, put all these things together. And, you know, from there, it just kind of skyrocketed. And especially when COVID hit and we became fully mobile, uh, I was doing my job, but there was less to do. So I was doing more syndication and it gave me a runway to be able to say, okay, now it's time for me to leave the job. Then we ended up leaving our personal space in California and started traveling around and realized that we liked it so much that maybe we'll do this permanently for the next however long. And that's where we yep. are now. That's today.
1: awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the story real quick. I want to yeah. jump back. So you mentioned it, it, I love the steps that you took. So you, you start buying some single family homes. I love the idea that people can do it and do it safely. Use the HELOC. You're using your income. You're buying these houses. Mm-hmm and then you run out of your own money or, and, and then you're also limited on the number of loans. You can get residential loans, yep. right? So mm-hmm. 10, but even, even more than that, it's like everybody's eventually gonna run out of money. And then you talk about JVs and you mean joint venture. So then it's like, there comes to me, maybe a couple other buddies and it's like, Hey, we're kind of all run out of money, but Hey, let's just pull our money together. Or you can go find the one person that hasn't run out of money yet. He kind of brings the money. You've got the deal, you right. So a JV can just be a few people. It's a great way to get started. Simple, you just create an LLC, you each own a piece of the LLC and you go buy a 10 unit, right? So you do that. But then either like you and your buddies in the JV, like you start to run out of money or the other guys that you were bringing the JV, they run out of money. And then you want to go in even bigger. So when you talk about syndication, Eric, you're talking about, now I want to go out and raise money from 30 people. Well, that's too much to be a joint venture because in a JV, technically everybody has a job. Everybody has an active role. We're all doing it actively. We all get votes. You know, it's four people and we each have 25%. We're deciding whatever. Now I want to go raise from 30 people that want nothing to do with being active, right? And so that's a syndication, something very different, but you can raise much more money. So you're just taking these steps there to where you can scale and go from just buying a few single families by yourself to buying a few 8, 10, 20 units with a few partners to buying 500 units where you are today, $60 million in real Mm -hmm. estate with- Hundreds of people,
0: right? That's right. Absolutely yeah. correct. And that journey was a natural progression because everything built on top of that, right? Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. people that are able to go in and jump into syndications right from day one. And and I applaud people that are able to do that. But for me, I want to make sure that when I bring investors in, they're trusting me. There is a fiduciary responsibility that for I sure. feel, even though there's PPMs that sign that say, you know, look, this money can get lost. And, you know, that we're, we're basically, everyone is trying to make sure that everyone is all protected. Uh, And so the reputation is at stake. That's really what it is. I wanted to make sure that I'm learning off my own dollars, not off of other people's money. So there's that natural progression where you learn the vocabulary in single family, right? You learn the business skills, you get to know a market in that space. And then once you're ready to expand and start getting some economies of scale with your team, and with the people that you know, you can start moving into multifamily doing it yourself. And then only then when you have Experience, right? To be able to showcase what you're doing right now, and you want to share that, right, with other people. That's when I think you're ready to jump into the syndication space. At least that's my thinking. I know there's people out there that have a different thought than me, but that's just the way I am. I'm oh. conservative type of thinker, very yeah. methodical, process oriented.
1: Yeah, I agree 100, Derek. The only the yeah. only re- way I would think that someone doesn't do that is if they partner with somebody that 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 did that, right? Because what you Thank did, you Derek, go. was like yeah. you said, you didn't have a track record. But you were just using your own money, so who cares? So then you get into a JV and you go to these, you know, a few guys or girls that are gonna part with you. You go, wait, I haven't done a 10 unit yet, but look what I have done. Oh, okay, you'd be a good partner. And then you're still putting in your own money. You're all, you know, doing that together. And then when you go to someone, you say, hey, I've never bought a 60 unit before, but look what I have done. I do have a track record. So it's just so different than someone that, yeah, wakes up one day and says, I'm gonna go buy a 60 unit and take other people's money. And I don't have a track record. Yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest that unless they're gonna come to you, Derek, and say, hey, you've got the experience. I can bring people in. I'm going to lean on your experience because you have, a of course, of right? yeah. course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent correct. I should have mentioned that too. Uh, but yes, that, that, that's exactly right. I I completely agree with what you have there.
1: Yep. yep. Well, cool there. So you you built this portfolio. Um, I I've got a portfolio, you know, three fifths the, the the size of yours and it's all local and I'm scared to invest outside of my own hometown uh or where where we're located here. I like being close. Feels feels safe, but but I really do want to. I I really do want to get some uh diversity uh location wise and all that. Um you're doing that you're you're traveling all over you you're in you're in Europe and running this. Um how are yep. you doing that? I know I know it's a we're in the age of technology. This is the, the 21st century. You talk about the three degrees of freedom I mean correct me if I'm wrong but time freedom, location freedom, uh financial freedom, right? Um, yes, sir. So your location freedom is incredible. You've got <laughs> 100% location freedom. So anyway, how are how are you doing all this? And and yeah, just talk about that that location freedom that you have, and and just how multifamily, but more importantly, how you've set it up. How you are an asset manager that has right. you know, such freedom.
0: Of course. So first thing I want to share with people, right, is that you know when people think about financial freedom, they look at it like as if it's this giant mountain that they're staring down, right, mm-hmm. in in the face, and. It seems so intimidating. But honestly, the way that this works, it, at least for us, was we were living in in California and it was costing us like $10,000 a month just to live there. Like wow, that was the basic yeah. necessities. It was our mortgage. It was our taxes. It was insurance. It was uh, food, transportation. Like it's very expensive to live out there. Yeah. That's just the yeah. way that it is. Uh, gasoline is super high. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff adds up over time. And and ta- And California has a lot of taxes too, the state. So um, what we ended up doing was when we left the state, we had some passive income that was around the $5,000 to $6,000 mark, right? And so our goal was to eventually get to double that or triple that so we could continue to invest later on. Yeah. Well, what happened, Lee, is when we got our location freedom situated, we sold our house and we started traveling. We realized that you can do a lot of living for like 4000 bucks a month
1: That's awesome. across yeah.
0: the United States, right? And so what happened was that location freedom got us financial freedom in a way that like, we were able to live however we wanted to live, right? So people are always looking at like how much money they need to make in order to get that passive income level, but they always forget how much they're spending. And so Mm -hmm. if you're able to change your lifestyle and you're in that situation where maybe you don't have kids or the kids are young enough to be able to do this, I would encourage you to take the shot to go and start traveling somewhere, right? Yep. Because you'll be able to save some money on stuff, right? If you do it correctly.
1: yeah. Um, that's and you can point. stay
0: for months at Airbnbs, right? You can stay for a month long stays at different places and, 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 and that'll work for you. You'll get discounts and, sure. uh, and it worked out really well for us. And, uh,
1: awesome. you know,
0: why just to back up, like how we're able to do all this. Well, so we only work with people that we've known for many years in boots on the ground with boots on the ground on mark in markets that we're comfortable with and have been looking at for a long time. So. Every market that we're working in, like in Indianapolis and in Louisville, we have people that we trust that we bring in as equity partners, as a boost on the ground and someone who is a manage the property manager type thing. So they're a okay, co-asset great. manager with yep. me. Yep,
1: Yeah. love that. So
0: we give them significant equity share. We give them like over a quarter of the GP stake um, just to be there and be motivated to watch the turns, make sure that the PM is doing what they say, that what they say they're gonna do and their experience. They're either flippers Um, or they're great at what they do as a project manager, things like that, sometimes both. Um, And we work with them in these specific markets and want to continue to build a relationship with them. So if we have them there in that role, and they're motivated to do that, that gives us the ability to do anything. It's like, we can be anywhere to do our job, which is to look at the finances coming in, track the to-do things that they were supposed to be done, right? Um, Report out to investors. All those things can be done virtually in front of a computer. So- why does it have to be in the United States? You know, I could be in a different time zone and still do the same thing. So yep. I've kind of um, honed these systems with my VA and with my boots on the ground team and my PMs to be able to have things run more or less an autopilot without me being there, yeah. except for at the asset management meetings, right? And checking yep. over the tasks He's and checking. making sure that yep. all that stuff is moving forward. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah. So, so that's how great, we do it.
1: Yeah, that's a great point because um, the more I get really comfortable with the, the property management company that we're working with and they're a regional property manager. I think of it the same way that like we could go invest in in Indy two hours from where I live, you know, where you invest. And like, I don't want to drive out there every week or maybe even every quarter. But if I'm working with a property management company that I've really grown to trust, just just like you have with your, then, I, then I, I'm, I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable if, if they've got a presence in Indy and they've got people there. And I know I can go see, and they manage these properties well in India, and and then I'm just going to hand them one more. Then I can feel comfortable. You're doing that, and then you're finding somebody on the asset management level in India to do that. So, you've really got kind of the two layers. Uh, So, I really like that. I mean, you've got the the property management company that's doing it, that's in that city, and and they're comfortable there, and they've got a presence, and they're going to manage the property. But then you've got your boots on the ground asset manager there, too. So, that's great, man. I mean, you've got- Yeah, I know.
0: That's really important because sometimes, you know, the property managers, quite honestly, they need to be kept in check because (laughs) they think that they can charge some of these out-of-state property managers like this, you know, an insane amount to do flips. Uh, or to do turns on units or to do exterior work or whatever. And so if we have a boots on the ground partner that's there that has done flips in the area and has contractor relationships, we can use that to keep everything in check with the PM to say like, that doesn't make any sense. That's that's really high. And then we also have like a really great um, system in Slack where we bring in our PMs and owners in Slack so that that way we can talk about the same quote, you know, in different channels, if we need to. Um, and it's just a great way to keep avoiding like the email stacking up. Right. Cause yes, emails uh, are hard to pay attention yeah. to. So we're super organized in Slack and we use Asana to help track some of our longer projects. Um, and then we use Google sheets to do our benchmarking and performance and we built yeah. out some tools. And so we have this really great, like well-oiled machine that helps us, keep track of everything so that I don't have to be there. I can just make sure that I'm looking at the right dashboard and we can make Perfect. the right decisions. Oh, I
1: that. love that. So let's jump into that a little bit, Derek. So you're, you're not there, but you're, you're m- monitoring like the, the, stuff coming in, but you're not, you're not looking at everything. What are some of like, maybe just give us like a few things like, Hey, each month I'm going to jump in and I'm looking for this. I mean, I'm looking for vacancy, right? I mean, that's kind of an obvious one. I yep. want to see, I mean, the vacancy tick up from five yep, to six percent yep. 7%, but maybe what, what's a few of the things that like, Hey, if I jump in and I, look at what the property manager sent me. And I see these things, I can kind of know the health of the property pretty quick.
0: Yeah. So first of all, um, for the people out there that are looking for maybe buying a property or, you know, transitioning a property management company um, to a new one, th- these are the types of things that I look at because it's really the true indicator of the performance of the PM. The mm-hmm. three things that we look for is the rent rolls, a delinquency report and a vacancy report. So yep. the vacancy report will show how long the property has been vacant and a delinquency report will show you how much, like how how long you know it's been economically not occupied, right? Like yep. you know, yep. there's someone in there, but they're not paying. Yep. Uh, and then the rent roll will give you a full financial picture of what the leases are and everything. So yes. based Love on it. those three pieces of data, we can assume everything we need to know, which is what is the economic occupancy, economic occupancy, what yes. is the physical occupancy of the building and how long are turns taking? So those are things that we're always looking at because the turns we found are what drive the leasing. The leasing effort, we've got that dial. We have an extra system in place to when, whenever a property is is listed on the website, my VA will jump in. And because our Asana, once we check a certain thing off in Asana, an automation goes to him. He's notified that something is ready to be advertised. And then he can go into the Facebook groups and just blast out the listing on a Facebook. Oh, wow. Um, So we have those. Yeah so we have those systems dialed in with leasing right so it's a matter of like what's what you're missing um and then of course looking at expenses right like yep. you know there's no real way to to truly keep a handle on expenses but if you have an approval system where the pm it trusts sending you every single bill that comes in and we're quick about approving because it's in slack and we're easily notified and and there's two three other partners looking at it um that's the system that we have built so we encourage accountability Um, the KPIs that we're looking for is, uh, days to turn yep, or like leasing status, basically like when the, when the property went vacant or when the unit went vacant and how long it's taking to turn, um, the, uh, the vacancy on the whole building, the NOI, we're looking at that. Um, and then we're looking at number of leads coming in as well. And like that whole funnel with like, you know, how many people called and
1: are they just telling you that
0: it's. It's the PM. Yeah. Okay. Every, like they, it, the PM tells us what kind of traction they're getting. And if it's low, right, they'll give us a number that, that falls within a certain threshold. And if it's low, they're going to tell us it might be time for us to maybe knock off 10 bucks off the rent or start yep. offering concessions, right, to be yep. able to get people in. Cause it's a fine line, right? You want to make sure you're fully occupied, but you don't want to have the lowest rent possible. So you're right. trying to test the market all the time. And that communication yep. is really important.
1: Yeah, that's really good stuff. Th- thanks for going through that, Derek. I mean, I, th- that's as good for anybody. Um, And, and I, I like the way you set it up that like, if you're looking for a property management company, these are the things that they need to be able to, to, to deliver upon. And you need to be able to say, hey, give me this, this, is and that for another property or whatever. Let, let me see that. And if they can't get yeah. that to you, they're probably not tracking it very well. That's the same thing yeah. for a passive investor, Derek. You know, somebody looking, it's like, you know, ask ask your sponsor about that. Hey, what you know? What, what's the vacancy you expect? How are you going to attract the vacancy? Tell me about economic occupancy. Um, and I love that you separated that because um, yes, it, it's so important. And, and because I've I've always said like vacancy is what will kill you. That you know, we talk about rent, and yes, we want rent to go up, and, and that that can really increase the value of property. But the thing that the only thing that can really take you down, I mean, unless you get terrible debt and something goes crazy with with interest rates and all that, like so um, it's vacancy. If you cannot keep yeah. your property occupied, you can get in trouble. Physical vacancy is one thing. So if if you're 10%, you know, physically vacant, that, that's bad. But what if another five percent of people aren't paying that, that live there? Now you're talking about 15% yeah. mm-hmm. economic uh vacancy. That that I mean, that's gonna be hard to 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 operate the cash flow. So that's absolutely right. Right. Yeah, so that, that stuff's so good, Derek. Um, and then the, yeah, the unit turns. I mean, that feeds into that. If we've got units that are sitting and they're not ready to be rented, then they're going to be vacant for, you know, as long as they're not ready to be rented. We have no chance to fill them. Right. And so that's important to get them turned uh, quickly and then get them out and get them get them advertised. And You talk about, yes. leads. I mean, we're going to stay with high vacancy if we're not having leads come in to fill these vacant units. That's so- right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: The, I was going to say that the, the vacancy that we have, have or the the time it takes to turn is our lead indicator because everyone is always looking at like. How much does it cost to turn a unit? Right. That's we're always looking at that, but we forget to ask what is the schedule to turn it because mm-hmm. then there's a cost for how, for if it sits there for a month yep. and a half, you yep. know, and one, one time, you know, like someone comes in, does the carpet and then two weeks later, or, you know, the hardwood uh, or the LVP and then another, like someone then comes back another two weeks later to do the, the countertop. That's not going to work. Right. No. Nope. So we have to keep track of all of that. Um, yep. It's really important to keep them because if you can turn units quickly, right? And keep them going, then you'll finish the restabilization or the stabilization phase fast. And when the stabilization phase is completed, um, which by the way, for your listeners is when you take over a property that needs some work, um, when you do all of those turns on the up, on the upfront, then everything else becomes way easier. You put the right tenant in there. The tenant yes. class starts shifting, right? You start getting better tenants. And Higher so when ranked, you're getting started, it's that unit revenue. turn. Yeah. It's yep. the unit turn time. Yep. Yep um, oh, higher expectations, there. better quality tenants. So you need all of that, right?
1: Yeah. 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 yeah and, and, yep. and kind of back to the original point, Derek, is you can track this stuff from anywhere. You can, you can review all these, all these numbers, review these KPIs from anywhere in the world. Right. Um, as long as, That's right. you know, you've got property management on, on site and you, you trust them. And then you go a step further as you've got boots on the ground to go make sure, uh, the data that you're getting is correct and, and make sure things are going out. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it explains right. how you're able to do this from all over the world. Right.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's all fun. I mean, it takes some time to build these systems, but I'm super yes. excited for what it's able to build for for me and my wife. It's it's been great.
1: There's so much more to life uh than, than just working, and, and you allow um your job and, and the way you've set up with real estate to to give you the life that you want. How does your spiritual walk influence your life, your work, your life's work, and 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 how does how does your wife play into that? How, you know. Tell us a little bit about uh, what what real estate has done for you outside of real estate.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I I think in in terms of like spirituality and being able to give back and, you know, be a member of our, of our community, uh, it's allowed the flexibility for us to be able to do that whenever we need to, we get to have the freedom to choose when that happens. Um, And so obviously, you know, we're able to donate more because if we have this incredible, you know, passive income coming in. Um, So we have more to give and that makes us really, really. It, it puts us in tune with the source right and so we're really really happy with them um, you know with 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 what this life has enabled for us
1: i mean you've just got another level of freedom derek right that like you said you just get to choose you've got the freedom, i mean it, it, to go do it you've got the resources to do it but you've got the time to do it the flexibility i mean it's a lot of yeah. just having flexibility uh, even though I, I know you work really hard i know you work a lot but it's mm-hmm. when you want and and then when you know when when you guys are you know feeling called to do something else you've You've just got the flexibility to say, that's, we're going to go do that. You know, there's nobody else that you have to uh, that's right. to do that, and that. Yeah, man, that's, that's so fulfilling. And now that's you right. get to work as hard as you want and benefit from all that work. Uh, but then also go and, yeah. and bless others um, and, and and pass that, you know, the blessings that you've received, pass those on. Um, that's really great stuff, man. Yeah. Um, thank
0: you. I, I think one last thing is I think that the key to all of this for me is like being able to set processes up that can step in for, for me, you know, so that they can mm. do the, the decision-making and the delegation and the admin that all happens automatically now so yeah. what people don't understand is it looks like we're traveling and we're you know we're focusing on just enjoying where we are and not really our portfolio but that's not true at all we've set up processes so that we're very efficient and when we have to do something we're called into the meetings and we're there we're available yep. 24/7 for our investors and for the property itself but we just have everything dialed in because we've seen things before. And I'm a process oriented person. Yeah. So when you have processes dialed in, it means that you can move on to the next phase or the next thing of your life or next property or, you know, next trip next to anything, because once yes. you outsource so. your decision-making to a system and to a VA or both, or one of them, um, it frees up a lot of time and energy to do other things.
1: Absolutely, man. Good stuff there. Hey, I always like to ask kind of as we sum it up here, um, what's the key ingredient to having success in real estate investing and in a different flavor um, to asking you is like, maybe what's it take for someone to be successful in real estate and, and have it set up the way you do and like find that the location for What's a key ingredient to getting? <laughs> yeah.
0: You, you know, um, I have, I have something called the four C's. Have I told you about these before? No, I don't, think, I don't so. think we covered it in the last one. Yeah. So the four C's are consistency, clarity, coaching connections. And if you have, there's these four C's are what make, Anyone successful in anything, including entrepreneurship. What I encourage someone to do is pick one of those C's, which is again, consistency, clarity, coaching, connections. Pick one of those four things in the area that you want to go to that most speaks to you, that you naturally resonate towards. Some people like to think really big. So they'll pick clarity, like some of the visionary, right? They'll yeah. have this really clear picture in their head and they'll visualize what it is they're trying to get to other people will be good at connecting with people that have already gotten to where they want to be. So those are connections, people, or there's people that see examples out there of coaching, you know, getting coaches that can do that. But for me, what worked for me was the consistency piece. I knew that I could hit my goals. If I just set one hour a day, every single day while I was working a full-time job dedicated to real estate before my job started in the morning. So I got there at 7am in the morning, worked for an hour. And then when my day started at eight, I could call myself, done with real estate for the day and pat myself on the back that I did something. And the secret is Lee, even if I didn't have any plans, I would still show up at seven, right. To at least plan out what I could do for the rest of the week with the rest of my hour. Yeah. So pick one of those C's, pick one of them, connections, coaching, consistency, clarity, pick one of them, lean into it. And the other three are going to follow. It's just a natural progression and you're going to be able to achieve anything that you want, including real estate goals.
1: Man, that's so good, Derek. I mean, I, I love those four, and I and I like the way you split up. Like, pick one of those. Um, whatever you pick, if you can, if you can have consistency, I think that is so yes. good. I struggle yes. with that. Um, yeah, I always, I always recommend the book, The Compound Effect. I always think of that when I think of consistency and that combat, right? Because if you just do an hour a day, I mean, it's incredible what the the momentum that you'll build up, and it takes a really long time, a really long time, often, to see that momentum come to fruition, to see all that hard work, but man, you are building up something powerful. If you can do that and you can stay consistent, that's really good. Um, that's there, a right. little flip on that question. Uh, what is a key ingredient then to while having success in real estate? Like we just talked about also maintaining your priorities, having success outside of real estate, uh, and the things in life that are even mm. more important to you.
0: Mm. Um, man, I, I, I think that there's a, uh, there's a couple of things here that I'm thinking about, but I would say, um, If you have a loved one or if you have a a family or some sort of relationship, um, I think that that is super important because oftentimes our spouse, if you have a spouse or if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, um, they know you in a different way than you know yourself. Mm -hmm. They've been able to observe you, right? And so in order to be sustainable, like I've had to consult with my wife to be like, I'm having an issue here. And then they're able to help me put the problem up on its head. Yep. So a key that's ingredient awesome. is to leverage that natural the natural alliance you have with your significant other like, oh, my gosh, like it. people fail to use that when there's no other person on the planet that's vested in your success than your spouse. Right. Yeah. So leverage that. That's one thing. And the other thing is spirituality. Lee. I think a little bit of perspective. Right. Understanding that we're all here trying to do something great. Um, And being in alignment, like that spirituality will help show you what it is that you need to do in order to stay in alignment and thus be more sustainable, more fulfilled, uh, and happier doing what you do. So I think it's, again, it boils down to that consistency through the form of your spouse telling you what is sustainable, what's not, and what is you and what's not you and the spirituality helping you on the fulfillment side, making sure that what you're doing Mm -hmm. is right and fits. In all directions. Yep. So I think both those things should have you pretty well covered as key ingredients yeah. to to continue continuing your success.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I I, I second that, Derek. I mean, I, I love the way you built out the, the spouse there. I mean, yes, they know you yeah, often in a different way and probably better than you know yourself. Um <laughs> and, and they're for you. You know, they 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 they, they want you to succeed yeah. because they love you so much. Um, and then you you love them back and you want to do it together. So absolutely it's it's such a good partner, even if they have nothing to do with what you do, you know, you're in real estate and your wife wants nothing to do with it, they still know your strengths, your weaknesses. They know when you're stressed, they know what you need to do when you're stressed, that, you know, they care about you, all, all those things. It's so powerful. You're right, Derek. If you're not leveraging that, um, you're missing out. And then also you might be setting yourself up to, maybe that relationship's going to decay a little bit if you're not bringing them in. I mean, it's so powerful to, that you're going to be better off and your relationship's going to be better off. So really good stuff. Yes. Doing. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Um, hey, I always ask for a book recommendation as we wrap up. Um, tell us about your book um, and then maybe one other one that you'd recommend sure yeah
0: yeah so obviously my book is for people who are starting out that are trying to decide whether they want to be active or passive um, and yeah. start with single families or jump Great into book. syndications yep. fantastic ways you know that you can go and so i highly recommend it half the book is mindset and what to expect and then nice. the other half is actual tactics yep. like from a project manager literally saying this is what you should be doing on month one two three four and so on right that's yep. that's me being a pm and process oriented um but as far as books i i'm i'm I always think that mindset is one of the most important things you can do for yourself. Um, so because it's going to be the, the driving force that brings you through all the challenges, right. Yeah. To, to be able energy. to get to where you're yeah. going to be. So, yeah. yeah. So I would say, um, I would say that, uh, rocket fuel is an amazing mm. book. Um, mm-hmm. and the one thing and atomic habits. Yep. Um, yep. so depending on who you are, these three books are really great. Um, atomic habits, that's great for consistency people. For, of those four C's um rocket fuel is great for those visionary people um or for the the people that are, that want clarity right yep um yep. and then uh the one thing is great for the coaching and the connections piece uh, so of that yes, and for everyone yes. so good really good yeah. books that I think everyone can enjoy
1: yeah thank you for those recommendations there uh but this has been, been uh really fun really educational Derek I mean um using technology uh using others leveraging others having processes and systems set up so that your properties can be managed really well but also can give you more freedom from them um i mean that's the best of both worlds right there uh oh, to yeah. have that that location <laughs> that time freedom um while you're building financial freedom uh but 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 the property still needs to be operated really well and and you're not letting up on that at all uh, just because um, you know you're in beautiful places uh, all over the world. Um, That's right. You know, you're, right. You're still yep. got that That's right. Because right. if you don't have that, it's all going to fall apart. Um, and you're not letting that up at all. So really good stuff, man. Um, if people want to connect with you more, Derek, um, is it just elevateequity.org that they should uh, check you out? I know you're active on uh, LinkedIn. Where, where's the best place to find yep. you?
0: Yeah, LinkedIn's good. Elevate Equity. Okay. Dot org is the best place to reach us, and then you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, yeah. um, you know, we've had you on as well. I think it might be time to have you back on again. Um, I think Love that it. would be really cool to do a, a throwback. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, elevate org forward slash podcast, you can find us there, and you know, pages for all of our individual guests. Um, great stuff there, yep. So, oh, we got a great stuff, team yeah. putting it all together.
1: Absolutely, we'll put all that in the show notes there. Uh, really good. Hey, before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests, how might my listeners and I be praying for you in the coming weeks?
0: I I would say that um, we have a um, a heartful and, and a successful uh, end of the year mm. to make way for amazing things in 2023 for love everyone it. in the real yeah. estate community and for us specifically. Um, but yeah, I would love that a restful, um, very productive yep. in a reductionist kind of way. Yeah, December, sure, yep. for all Good of time us. Of year
1: for that. Well, hey, thanks again, Derek. Um, really enjoyed this, man. Uh, we'll look forward to talking again soon.
0: Thank you for having me, man. This was a blast.
1: Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.